0: I'm a marketing manager at Upper Edge. A lot of what I do has to do with content management. And since I'm so close to the content, one topic I've seen that really struck a chord with our readers and our clients is Java compliance. We received a ton of questions uh, via email, LinkedIn, on our blog, and uh, even directly from clients about the new Java licensing that went into effect in January. So today I'm sitting down with the author of our Java blogs, Who is also a senior advisor in the Oracle practice, Arwan Quisbo, just to get his perspective on some of the most common questions we receive. Arwan, thanks for sitting down with me.
1: Thank you so much, Lisa. Appreciate it.
0: I wanted to specifically address your blog, Top Three Reasons Oracle Java Users Are Annoyingly Out of Compliance. Uh, But before we go ahead and dive into that, I just wanted to see if you could first explain at a very high level why Java compliance is such a big concern and what is the source of the confusion.
1: Right, um, I mean, this is essentially Oracle being Oracle, um, and here's more specifically with Java. Uh, they are known you know, to be very complex, very ambiguous uh, in terms of their licensing policies, uh, not only for their technology products, and now it's becoming more uh, obvious with uh, Oracle Java as they seem to be pushing for more uh, audits with those types of licenses. Uh, The one thing that you need to understand or the audience uh, also is, it's not specifically just being out of compliance with Java, it's more the big picture. Oracle using Java as a way to get in your organization and and potentially discover a much bigger financial exposure uh, associated with not only Java, but other technology products.
0: So who exactly is affected by the licensing change? Would you say that it's all Java users?
1: Yes, so there's this wrong assumption out there uh, that it might depend on the um, Java version uh, that you are leveraging within your organization. Unfortunately, it's all users, uh, whether you are a legacy user or a net new Java user. Uh, And just to be precise, right, when we talk about Java, we talk about Java um, SE, and this is the most common, type of Java um, product that companies are using.
0: Great. I I have a few questions about that. Before we get to the questions, can we go ahead and talk a little bit more about the major reasons that contribute to why Oracle Java SC users can be out of compliance?
1: So the tricky part, Lisa, about this is that um, to an extent, Java can be free, but to a very limited scope of usage. The three main reasons are one, you've got too many companies who just assume that Java is free and they take it for granted. Number two is uh, they use Java outside of the scope of the um, agreement uh, that they execute while they download and start deploying Java. And the third is a very straightforward uh, reason is some companies just start using commercial features of Java without knowing that they uh, need a, a license to start being able to use those uh, Java instances.
0: Uh, so let's go into each of those one by mm-hmm. one, if you don't mind, sure. starting with the first one. So you said that they assume it's free. Right. Uh, do they assume it's free because it was free at some point?
1: Yes, so that's, that's correct. The, um, if you look at the history of Java, right, it was initially developed by Sun Microsystem and at the time, Java was actually free. Um, but then, back in 2010, Oracle acquired Java, or Sun Microsystem rather, uh, the developer of, of Java, and progressively, they started, Oracle started to commercialize Java. Now, they have a point that they, there's a reason why they are making it um, like a commercial product, is because they are adding some of their own features. But that really is uh, to a point where some of the confusion comes from.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about the, more about the second reason mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned in your blog about using Java out of scope for of general purpose computing. Uh, can you give a little bit more examples on that?
1: Sure. So this is the most complex issue with Java. And uh, it, there's not a really set of examples. Right? But it's all around this concept, as you said, of general-purpose computing. And it has to do with Oracle's rule around um, what they consider to be you know, part of that concept. Uh, when you go on Oracle's website for the first time to download and start using Java, they essentially make you agree to a click-through agreement. And in this agreement, which is actually called the Oracle a binary Code License or BCL for short, you're granted with a limited license uh, without fees to reproduce and use internally Java for some very limited use like designing uh, testing and developing your uh, software using Java. So essentially, and this is a, a very blur description of general-purpose computing, Any use of Java outside of this limited scope will require a commercial license. And the problem that we see is too many companies misjudge their use of Java, thinking that they comply with Oracle's rule around general purpose computing, and they think they are compliant. Um, And they think they can use it for free, and very, very often, Alisa, that's a, a wrong assumption.
0: Well, what about when it comes to the commercial features? It seems like that should be a lot more black and white. Uh, Can you give an example of what are commercial features that companies are unknowingly using and how are they unknowingly using
1: it? Yes, so this one, as you said, is a little bit more straightforward. When you look at Java, uh, there are a number of non-commercial and commercial features uh, within that product. Um, However, if you decide to activate any of those those commercial features, then you are required to have a commercial license. Uh, Just to name a few examples, just on top of my head, you've got things like uh, Java Mission Control or Java Advanced Management Console. Those are commercial features.
0: Is there a place that our clients or other Java customers could find a full complete list to make sure they're not using any of these commercial features?
1: Yeah, so there's um, actually on Oracle's website, uh, public website, you can see a full list of those features. Um, it's, um, it's not easy to find, but you can find it. We also have a, a link to that uh, list of commercial features uh, as part of the blog uh, that we're talking about today.
0: All right, well, let's go ahead and get into some of the questions and comments we've gotten. Sure. Especially on this blog, it was very popular, and we did receive a lot of comments. One of the, the comments and questions we've received a lot is around OpenJDK. So the common question is, well, why can't we mm-hmm. just move to OpenJDK? Why or why not would you say that is an option?
1: All right, so first off, um, we at URudge, we're not technologists, so we can't really speak to the different functionalities or technical requirements that um, your organization may have and if OpenJDK is an option. However, we have seen on on the market certain organizations ditching Oracle JDK to move to OpenJDK. Now, OpenJDK is an open source platform, right? So it means that the frequency and the number of updates uh, and the associated maintenance might not be as, I would say, um, frequent uh, or consistent as Oracle, but we have seen some organization uh, do that. But that would not be something that we could recommend uh, as uh, as an organization.
0: What about updates? Uh, I know people have mentioned something about updates in OpenJDK, but as far as updates on Java SE, we've had people mention they don't need updates to Java SE. Does that mean they don't need a license? The
1: answer, unfortunately, Lisa, is it depends. It really has no difference for Oracle if you are using updates of Java or not. Uh, The requirements for a commercial license is based on what I mentioned earlier. You know, the use of commercial features, you know, being um, out of the general purpose computing and so on. Um, So that's, uh, unfortunately, even if you don't need updates, you might still require a commercial license.
0: So one last question for you, Uh, and it's a big one. As you know, companies are really worried about making sure that they aren't financially exposed as far as their compliance with Java Mm -hmm. and the event of an audit from Oracle. Mm -hmm. So the big, big question a lot of people have is how can they make sure they're in compliance?
1: Right. So first off, you need to understand that Java is licensed uh, through two main metrics. The one is NEM user, right? And second is processor. That's number one. So depending on where your Java um, license is deployed, either it is on a desktop computer or a larger server environment, uh, you would need to start counting your user or your processor depending on that. Um, second is Unfortunately, Alisa, there's no easy way to conduct um, a self-assessment, if you will. Um, uh, Well, there is actually, but unfortunately uh, it requires all computers and servers running uh, Java to activate something called the um, uh, JRE usage tracking. And that is effectively a commercial feature within Oracle. Therefore, if you were to do a a whole assessment using that function, your entire Java landscape would be out of compliance and would essentially make your organization uh, financially exposed. Uh, The only way really is, unfortunately, a very thorough manual labor, so to speak, uh, where you would have to go through each desktop computers and server and assess how those machines are using Java uh, if they're using some of the commercial features like we talked about um, and how those computers are being used, leveraged within the organization to make sure that they are uh, compliant with Oracle's BCL agreement that um, I mentioned earlier. But uh, at Lisa, I don't have a, an easy answer for this. Uh, Company is going to have to do the work, unfortunately.
0: Ah, That's unfortunate, but I guess if that's how it is at the end of the day, that's what they have to do. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Hopefully this was helpful for our listeners still, though. Um, That really covers all of the questions that I wanted to ask you today. So thank you, Arwan, for sitting down, Of course. Uh, and thanks to our listeners too. If any listeners have any more questions regarding this, feel free to reach out either on our website, uh, through LinkedIn, Twitter, or just shoot us an email. Uh, Our next podcast about Java, we're going to be talking about the difference in compliance policies with respect to Java versions. And you'd be surprised at how different that really is. And if any of the listeners want to hear more podcasts like this one, don't forget to subscribe to Uppercut on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play. Thanks.